Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I am your host, Neil McCready. Zach Barry is with me as always as well. And as I said, we're brought to you by Dead Soxie. We'd like to uh, thank Dead Soxie. They re-upped their sponsorship of this here show for the entire 2020 season. Year, I should say. Not just a season. An entire year. Because recruiting never completely really stops. It slows down. It ebbs and flows. But it's always kind of constant. And Zach and I endeavor to bring you a podcast each week that talks to some degree about recruiting. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. It's deadsoxy.com. Right now, if you go to Dead Soxie, spend $75 or more on orders, they'll uh, throw in a really cool mesh bag. It's a bag that is uh, made to go in the wash. It's made to go in the dryer. It keeps from losing your socks helps keep the integrity of the sock design to last longer as well so if you spend 75 dollars or more on an order you'll get one of those bags for free and the offer code of rebel grove at checkout still applies go to deadsoxy.com promo code rebel grove 30 percent off it's our uh it's their gift to you for uh listening to our podcast it's our gift to you for uh listening to our podcast so rebel grove at uh, deadsoxy.com i'm coming to you from the clark ford studios clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 call the number ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours it's that simple it's right to the bottom line no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Good morning, Neil. It's a lovely day here in Nashville. Um trying to liven things up here during the dead period well uh, how, how are you how are you endeavoring to do that other than just going after people you're just breaking out your claws and going after people I, I've, I've seen and heard all about it <laughs> well you know i've moved on from stealing content and i have uh really just headfirst dive into the shallow end of uh having an agenda and uh trying to ruin careers now apparently are you dare i say rampaging (laughs) i could be um yeah i very well could be we we could just you know be uh, here's the new logo for the podcast it's just the old rampage video game of those two huge animals that are just destroying buildings we could just photoshop our heads on there and we're good (laughs) That, that was my twitter profile for uh for a little while I had, yeah, I had some fun. Great, I had some great fun game. With it. Yeah, and then I yeah, yeah. All all jokes aside, um, 
No, I mean, just trying to sift through the remaining unsigned targets on the uh, in the Rivals 250. I posted a, a check the other day. Uh, looks to be six names that I can say for sure, in my opinion, that I think Ole Miss will, will try to uh, sign in February. For those that haven't seen it, uh, it's Avante Williams. The safety out of Florida, Demon Clowney, the defensive end out of Maryland, McKinley Jackson, defensive tackle out of Mississippi, Henry Parrish, the running back out of Florida, Donovan Kaufman, who's a new name that has popped up, a uh, Vanderbilt commit that is from Louisiana, and D.R. McDonald, who those of you might remember him, was committed to Ole Miss and uh, reopened his commitment when the coaching change happened. He is from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So those are the six names that I feel like pretty confident that I think Ole Miss will, will go after and um, some new names have kind of popped up here and there and I'm sure we'll get to those here in a minute but that's kind of where I think we can kind of reset the board as of now. I haven't talked since some of the new coaches have been hired. What have been your thoughts on on those guys from a impact on recruiting standpoint? Oh man, well where to start Honestly, just just going black and white here, looking at recruiting, we're not going to get into anything related to, um, you know, past history of things that have happened with DJ Durkin and all that. That has been covered ad nauseum. As recruiters, uh, Durkin, Chris Partridge, Joe John Finley, all three, um, I would say, pretty good to elite. Um, DJ Durkin was the 2012 Rivals Recruiter of the Year. Chris Partridge has won Recruiter of the Year a couple times. Um, Joe John Finley is another young, energetic, fiery recruiter who has worked at two SEC schools. He recruited Alberto, who's at Missouri, and I feel like he is going to be a guy that will... I'm just going to go ahead and coin this phrase. He's going to Metcalf the Combine. Uh, he's just a huge physical freak that I think is going to blow people away with his measurables and his athletic ability there. Um, and then he also recruited Jalen Watermeyer, who was on a couple of freshman All-America teams at Texas A&M. Played at Oklahoma, was an all-big 12 tight end there. And then uh, it, it's one of those – it's a pretty big coup that, that went – kind of under the radar because he was overshadowed with all the Durkin stuff and, and the, the the heavyweight signing of Chris Partridge. But, I mean, Joe John Finley essentially made a lateral move to a division opponent. And I don't think that can, can go unnoticed. But, man, looking at what Chris Partridge did at Michigan and just kind of a quick recap on his career. So, essentially got the job at Michigan because Rashawn Gary signed there, the former number one overall player who is now with the Packers. Got to Michigan, and then it wasn't a one-hit wonder with him at all. He continued to hammer away at the Northeast, um, signed just five-star after five-star after four-star after four-star for Michigan, and it wasn't just the Northeast either. Um, kind of going back through just kind of looking at guys that he had signed over the years. Um, And you're looking at a guy like Chris Hinton, who's from Georgia, Daxton Hill, who's from Oklahoma, Quentin Johnson from D.C., uh, Jalen Perry from Georgia, D.J. Turner from IMG, uh, Charles Thomas, who was from Connecticut. I mean, these are just some guys that I had just kind of noticed just looking at some of Michigan's – signee list but I mean he's been all over the place he's been in the southeast he's been in the northeast and um, you know with with 
Durkin and his Maryland ties and then Partridge being from Jersey and being from that area. I, Neil, I don't have to tell you because you know, but for those that aren't familiar with, with that area, the DMV area, just, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, that area is just loaded with talent every single year. And Maryland certainly can't sign them all. And, I mean, you've seen, you know, teams like Michigan, teams like Alabama, teams like Georgia, you know, everybody, the Blue Bloods are going up there and they're just picking that area apart because Michael Oxley can't get them all. Um, I mean, here's, I mean, here's some more. I mean, Drew Singleton went to Paramus Catholic where Partridge coached, uh, Khalil Mullings, you know, from Massachusetts, Osmond Savage from Maryland, Devin Bush, um, big time guy that played at Michigan from Pembroke Pines in Florida. So his, his reach, you know, all jokes aside, people doing the whole, like, you know, why are we, you know, joke of, you know, hiring this Yankee coach, he's not going to know how to recruit to the Southeast. He's not going to know, you know, that, that doesn't matter anymore. You, you, you need to have this balance, this, this good mesh of different coaches from different areas, but it's also the guy has gone everywhere. I mean, I mentioned Daxton Hill. He played in the Citrus Bowl against Alabama as a true freshman. That guy was a five-star from the state of Oklahoma. So he essentially went into Lincoln Riley's backyard and signed him. That's that's huge. Yeah, his his recruiting prowess is uh, is remarkable. It really is. And, and and you know, Durkin's is too. We we get hung up on on uh, Durkin and, and what happened at Maryland, and I'm not in any way minimizing that. We've discussed it ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. But before that happened, Durkin was known as two things, a, an elite defensive mind, and before that, a super elite recruiter. Now, it's been mm-hmm. seven, eight years since he was the recruiter of the year or whatnot, but um, – you know that's a hard award to win, and uh, and and he was because you have to be known as a pretty elite recruiter before you win it, and then he kind of kept going. And you look for the people, mm-hmm. you look at the people he's worked for, and and the things that he's done on the recruiting trail, and the part of the Maryland job that he never got a chance to uh, to reap the fruits because of what happened with Jordan McNair and and the subsequent fallout is that yeah they 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 had a couple of. Uh, you know, average seasons, if you will, his first two years, but they were recruiting at a level much higher than Maryland normally recruits. Yeah. I mean, I think they had a set, I think one class was 17th and then one was top 30, which, and that's a program I mean, that's, that is typically around 50th in the recruiting rankings. And yeah. So they were, they were way ahead of, of where they normally are. And, uh, that season that was overshadowed by all of the the Durkin stuff, and and again, I'm not minimizing what happened. I'm I'm, just, I'm, I'm not getting into it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that season will be remembered for for all of the, that happened off the field, but on the field that the the product was different. Yeah, I mean, I you know we we talked about it on our on the Red Cup podcast the other day, and we were discussing the new hires. When you thought of Maryland football, I mean, you were thinking of Ralph Regan, who made his heyday, you know, 2001, 2002, 2003. But since then, I mean, outside of one nine-win season, or two nine-win seasons, I should say, I mean, Maryland football has just been, you know, Maryland's been a basketball school. Maryland's been a school that is known for Scott Van Pelt. It's never been a football school. And for him to be able to do that, and then, you know, you mentioned winning National Recruiter of the Year when he was at Florida. This was interesting to me, Neil, and I posted this on the board. 
okay, he's going to have a heavy Florida influence because they're in the state of Florida and there's tons of talent there. But out of the three, six or seven top guys, um, one, two, four of them were from North Carolina and two of them were five stars and top ten players. DJ Humphreys and Jonathan Bullard were from North Carolina. Now, North Carolina is not some big heavy power, but that's in Clemson's region. I mean, that's up there with South Carolina in 2012. You know, that was when, you know, Steve Spurrier was, was, was doing his thing. And, you know, that's – it's a it's a, it's a pretty impressive feat when coaches go outside of their quote-unquote region and can go sign impact players, not only impact players, but five stars. I mean, DJ Humphreys was the number two national player, and Jonathan Bullard was number six. So, um, I mean, you've got a guy in, in Durkin, Partridge, and Finley is, you know, relatively new on the trail, but, I mean, these are guys that have gone and, and, and found impact players. I mean, I talked about Finley signing Watermeyer. Ole Miss was recruiting him in the last cycle, and he was a freshman All-American. So, um, and it, like I said, it, it can't it can't go unnoticed that Kiffin was able to just go and get a guy from Jimbo Fisher's staff. I mean, same division, cushy job like College Station. I mean, that's that's huge. So, the dead period is is going on right now. He's still got. We're taping this on January the seventh. There's still nine days or so give or take depending how you interpret it uh, of dead period left how imperative is it in your opinion that he have his staff completely fleshed out by the morning of january the 17th that's a that's an interesting question and i think it just kind of it depends on how you view recruiting and a lot of people i think get hung up on positions and you know well, we don't have a d-line coach right now and and you know well Charles Clark and, you know, he's gone and, and Tyler Nix is gone, you know, outside linebacker coach, cornerback coach. And, you know, a lot of times if you have really good recruiters on your staff, the position thing doesn't matter. I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, actually looking at, you know, some old Ole Miss classes and some old staffs that were at Ole Miss. I remember, and you probably remember too, Ron Dickerson. Um, he was a really good recruiter and he recruited over several positions. He wasn't designated to one position, so I think you you have you add a guy to your staff like a Chris Partridge, he's going to be able to go and get different positions. It's not going to if he's coaching safeties and you know whatever co DC at Ole Miss, that's not going to he's not going to only recruit safeties. Not not in not even close. I mean, I I know a couple coaches in the DC area who coach on you know one of those huge teams one of those huge IMG type schools up there and and they are they talk with a lot of Michigan um, you know people that come through their halls you know their analysts their assistants and they raved about Chris Partridge and just his ability to connect with kids and his ability to really close and you know talking with Michigan people they were one very upset that he was leaving and they were two very complimentary of you know if Jim Harbaugh needed to you know go and get someone if it was Michigan's in the final two or the final three Chris Partridge was the one going to that house or getting on the phone and you know going to that school to talk to that recruit and I think that that's something that should ease 
the stress of almost fans. You know, well, what if Kiffin doesn't have his staff complete by the 16th? I don't think that's something to, to be concerned with. I think he's got some heavy hitters now on the staff. Uh, we haven't even talked about Blake Gideon and from people that you've spoken with and people that I've talked to in the state of Texas. He's apparently, you know, a rising star. We use that term a lot. Um, he's well-respected in the state. He played at Texas, and um, he's somebody that I think is going to uh, fly under the radar just because he's not a heavy hitter, but I think that he is going to be someone that is going to hit the, the trail hard in the state of Texas and uh, really going to open up some inroads for Ole Miss. Um. So, so what are your thoughts on what, what's – there's at least two spots, maybe three left, depending on what happens with Freddie Roach. What are your what are your sort of your spots on what needs to happen with those spots? Do you even have any thoughts along those lines? Well, as as we all know, if you've been on the message board for the past couple of days, the, the T. Martin stuff won't go away. Um, Jimmy Himes is a – big-time respected name, especially here in the city of Nashville and the state of Tennessee. He's well-connected um, at the University of Tennessee. He reported earlier this week that T. Martin was staying. He told Lane Kiffin no. Um, then you reported that Kiffin was going to make one last go at him. There were some complications because he was on vacation yeah, I don't even uh, think after their it, bowl game. I don't think it was a one last go. I think it was kind of a of, of the go if you will. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen or it's close to happening or anything like that, but I just think, you know, if, if it's still in the air, there's, there's obviously still a possibility. Anything can happen, you know, so you're saying there's a chance insert GIF here. Um, I, I can't really speak for Lane Kiffin cause I've never spoken to him and I don't, I, I don't know his thoughts, but, I would venture to say that he would love to hire T. Martin for this staff. You you want to talk about guys who, regardless of position, they can recruit well. Um, T. Martin might be next to that in the dictionary um, in terms of a recruiter. He's done it everywhere. He's been successful at Tennessee. He's been successful at Southern Cal. Um, I mean, he was there. I mean, you know, look at look at what's happening to Southern Cal now. I mean. Yeah, there's some trouble on the field. Uh, Clay Helton's in some hot water, but when T. Martin was there, they didn't struggle to sign people. And you know, we talked about this, a, you know, a couple weeks ago, just you know, offline. But you know, this is two years in a row that that Oregon has gone in there and gotten some high-profile guys from the state of California. And when, when T. Martin was there, that didn't happen. Um, he's a heavy hitter. I know that that Kiffin is definitely gonna, you know, do all he can to get him on his staff. Outside of that, I mean. I haven't really heard anything. You know, we we've we've pretty much heard the same names. I mean, you've got the the Carl Scott name is still out there. Haven't heard much of that in the past couple weeks. You know, the Tosh Lapui thing was was out there weeks ago. I don't think that that's going to happen. He he might told, still stay in the NFL. Yeah, I was told emphatically yesterday that Tosh Lapui was not going to Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't know his status whatsoever. Freddie Kitchens was was canned from Cleveland, but who you know might stay there, might go somewhere else. I mean, th- there's no telling. He's a West Coast guy. He might go back out west. I mean, uh, Jimmy Lake just got the gig at Washington. He might want to go back out there. Um, he's been there before. The Bo Davis that. He didn't. There was a bunch of firings in Detroit. Bo Davis survived that, so it seems that he's staying there. Um, 
but as we've we've said on the message board, you said it, I've said it, we've said it on this show. Kiffin's going to be deliberate with how he does things, and by God, he is going to be very, very secretive. And, and you know, I mean, he's not going to tip his hand. I mean, he's he's not talking to people. He's keeping it close to the vest, I imagine. Um, the coaching convention is what this weekend in Nashville. Yeah, I think it starts uh, Thursday. Okay. Well, I'll be camped out there Thursday morning. Um, I, I got my tent and everything. I'll just go. I'll just. I'll just take the kid out there. We'll just go out there and oh, we'll yeah. hang out and and we'll wait on Kiffin to get there. And uh, I'll open the door for him and I will try to to see uh, who he's going to talk to. But all jokes aside, he, he's going to be at the convention. He's going to talk to several people. He's absolutely going to put feelers out there for who might want to join his staff. And, um, you know, if, if the DJ Durkin hire was any indication, the Chris Partridge hire was any indication, he is going big game hunting and he is wanting to win now. There is no, this is not a crock pot. This is, this is an instant pot staff that he is trying to get to make a big splash and, and win big immediately in the SEC West. Do you have an Instapot? We actually do. Uh, we just got one. My wife uh, uh, got one. We, uh, I told you about the, the, new, uh, the new kind of diet we're doing with yeah. uh, this, this great book. Uh, I highly recommend it. We had some people on the board talking about half uh, marathon training. Uh, the book is called uh, Run Fast, Eat Slow. And um, the names are escaping me, but it's two uh, Team USA distance runners. And uh, one of them is the, uh, I think she was the first USA win, first USA woman to win the New York Marathon in 40 years. Um, but just, uh, you know, typical, you know, high carb, good fat, um, you know, type diet for, for distance running. Uh, my wife's going to run the Chicago marathon. So she's, she's getting into that mode, but, um, but yeah, we got the instant pot. Um, she actually did some, some hard boiled eggs the other day and it was, I mean, just like absolutely just instant. Like literally it was so fast. Was it, is it easy to do? Cause I almost bought one. So I was in Jackson for the, uh, we had a, a deal at the Western Jackson and then when there was an almost basketball game the next day at, um, like one o'clock. And so mm-hmm. I went out to the, uh, the mall there in, I guess, Ridgeland and, uh, they have a Williams Sonoma. I'll, I'll admit something about myself here. I really like places like William Sonoma. I could go into those places and get lost for a couple hours. I enjoy all that stuff. Oh yeah. If that makes me a goob, so be it. If that makes me a girl, so be it. I don't care. Call me whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm old. That's like that's like world market for me. I love going in that place. Oh, I like those places too. Like a fresh market, a world market, any of those places. Yeah. I'm I'm in for a while. So um, I almost got an Instapot, but frankly. It it wasn't because there was a deal on like the best one for like one ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I was gonna get it, and then I thought it looks really complicated, and then I kind of got mad at myself after I had left. I was like, you could have figured it out, and then the more I read about it, the more it sounds like it's pretty easy to operate. Yeah, we got one, and uh, she she runs it. She's far superior when it comes to um, brain capacity being smart um so she she showed me how to do it when she did it the first time but it is fairly easy it comes the directions are 
pretty pretty simple it's digital you um basically has different settings different modes for what you're doing like we we did a, a huge thing of rice with it as well just because we have rice on hand for certain meals um so the rice was super quick um we bought this little thing that you like can just like quick? sit the eggs on how quick uh let me because i do a lot of brown rice i have a lot of brown rice in my in my diet it's a big a big staple let me ask her. <laughs> All right, no, her, her phone's ringing for work. So, um, I mean, it was it was quick. I mean, I would say probably twenty minutes. Okay, so half the time. Because to properly cook brown rice, it takes about forty to forty-five minutes. Yeah, I mean, and it, it could have been closer to thirty minutes, but I mean, it was. And you barely have to put any water in there, and I mean, you have the little steam valve where you release the steam. Um, I'll be honest; I mean, it, it does kind of, it is kind of crazy because in the back of my mind, every time I kind of get around it or I'm thinking about using it, I'm like, people use these to make bombs. So that just always kind of scares me. But um, but yeah, I mean, she, I mean, like I said, she did the hard boiled eggs. Because if you're and- sick of you. And wanted to <laughs> knock you off, but didn't want to get charged with murder. She, That's true. She could, because she's a South Carolina grad, and they're smart. Everybody knows that. Um, yeah. She could manipulate it in such a way that it would explode, and while it was actually a homicide, it would look to investigators as just a household accident. It's true. We haven't done it. We haven't watched it as much, but we, we used to watch a lot of Investigation Discovery, so she, she probably has a good game plan if it ever came to that. Well, the next time that she comes on the podcast, we'll talk about you know possible strategies and such and, uh, and go from yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I just would be curious to know, you know how much thought she's put into offing you with the uh, Instapot. She has joked that my life insurance policy isn't that great, so... It, um, it wouldn't be that beneficial financially, but, um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I mean, we got it from Target. It wasn't that pricey, um, and they have different sizes. I mean, you can get some that are just humongous. Like, you can make enough rice to last you for a month with some of the, the ones they have that are so big. But um, I will say, unsolicited advice here for me on half marathons, uh, I've done four, and honestly, I will tell you, if you're running a half marathon, i promise it is pretty close to being about 70 to 80 percent mental because if you if you train 13 miles is not that far and it's about mile 11 where you start to get to where you're like man i've been running for a little little bit now i'm kind of over this that's where you just kind of have to just mentally just push on and that's really it i'd say get some comfortable shoes Train in those shoes. Do not get brand new shoes before you run a race. That is... Oh, no, 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 no. That is Racing 101. That is a disaster. Um, racing 101 is this. It's my, as someone who has run some marathons, and it's, I still run some, my body just doesn't really want me to run anymore, and I'm starting to listen to it, and I'm, I'm more into Peloton. Mm-hmm. But if you're serious about training for a marathon, here are my, before we get back into recruiting, here are my easy, easy, easy tips to follow. One, you must make sure you get enough sleep each night. It's absolutely imperative. Two, you must make sure you drink enough water at all times, every single day, no matter what. That's absolutely crucial. 
Uh, three, you have to eat right. Uh, you, you, you have to eat for fuel. If you do, you're good. If you don't, you'll pay for it running. And then four, and this might be the most important, you need to invest in the right equipment, the right socks, and uh, you need to get Ooh, that's a good one. three pairs of running shoes and alternate them. Pick, pick the one that you're going to run on race day and break them. Make sure they're broken in, but you need to get three pairs of running shoes, alternate them, break them in before your training program a little bit where they're nice and comfy. And then when you do your training program, you rotate them as if you were rotating tires and you will, uh, you will benefit from that. You can get the exact same shoe. I know people say that's expensive. It's your body. You're running. You should, at a minimum, rotate two shoes. I I recommend rotating three. All right. So live uh, software will update here on the rice. So she said it was wild rice. So it took a little bit longer. So it was 20 minutes for the wild rice. She said that the manual says white rice should take like four minutes or something. What about brown rice? Uh, I would assume probably the same. Probably a little longer. Yeah, consistency. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's... Regardless, so eight to ten minutes max, That's which is a significant uh, improvement over 45. Yeah, I mean, if you're a meal prep person, I mean, that's a that's a dream right there. Yeah. But, yeah. Fascinating stuff. All right, we're going to get to recruiting. Uh, touch on a few guys before we go. Uh, there's a question on the board. Ole Miss Rebs 67. I told him that I would ask you. I told him we're taping as, as he typed. He wants to know our prediction uh, on, is it Demon or Demon Clowney? I don't know, but I, I just want to say Demon just because it sounds cool. Demon does sound cool, so let's call him that for fun. Uh, Demon Clowney, what, what's your prediction right now? And, and how in the world is my next question? How in the world today could you even formulate a prediction? <laughs> um, yeah, there's no no way of knowing. I have reached out to him, haven't heard back yet. I'm going to say, and this is kind of some layers to this answer. I think Chris Partridge is going to play a huge role. I would venture to say that he has become his primary recruiter. He was recruiting him when he was at Michigan. And um, if you subscribe to rebelgrowth.com, if you look at the chicks that we have been posting in the dead period, uh, then you know that one of his uh, assistant coaches at St. Francis Academy in Baltimore is Wayne Dorsey, who played at Ole Miss. And he has been adamant about trying to get Ole Miss to look at him. When Lane Kiffin was hired, he reached out to that school, to the coach, to Demon Clowney, uh, to get in touch with him. I think right now, I think Ole Miss has got to be in the running, top two, top three, top four, um, to get him. Uh, I'm trying to confirm whether or not he will be taking an official visit and when it will be. I don't know for sure. Um, So I would venture to say that he will probably take one. I don't know if it'll be the big visit weekend, which I think is the 24th. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so let's, let's, I'm going to interrupt you a little bit because you've heard more about this than I have. There's three available visit weekends 
one that starts on the 17th, which is not this weekend coming up, but the one after that, which feels awfully fast to bring in a bunch of guys. Then there's, mm-hmm. there's one on the 24th, which I, like you, have heard is going to be a huge one. And then there's one that begins on the 31st, which is very close to signing day, which often leads to uh, bring in a few that are left, and maybe you even start turning the page to the next class. You usually don't do a hell of a lot on that last weekend, but it is a transition class. It's a new staff, so they might buck that trend. Right, and Kiffin operates differently than other coaches, so he might go just full-on full-court press on that last weekend. I mean, they might be trying to save it for somebody like McKinley Jackson who um, – has said in interviews that he is yet to speak with Lane Kiffin. Um, they might make a just last second push for him uh, in that last weekend. Right now, um, the four star safety out of Rummel, Donovan Kaufman, who I mentioned earlier, is committed to Vanderbilt. He did confirm with me uh, that he is visiting officially on the 24th. Chris Partridge is recruiting him. Um, I think they're going to really push for him. And then uh, Javier Morton out of uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, he said that he's considering Ole Miss now. Um, he told me, quote, the Lane Kiffin hire is great. Um, hasn't scheduled an official visit. I mean, it is the dead period, so um, I think they're going to wait to really start weeding out who's serious and who's not once the 16th rolls around. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the visit schedule is going to be interesting. I know, you know, a guy like Avante Williams is, is, is slated to, to visit officially um, towards the end of the month. Uh, I think Clowney has said in some interviews that he might want to visit that 17th weekend. I'm still trying to confirm it with him. Uh, you got a guy like Henry Parrish out there who I think that Ole Miss is really going to push for him. His name popped up almost immediately when the new staff was hired due to Kevin Smith recruiting him when he was at FAU. And uh, he was a pit commit, and he decommitted, and I think that Ole Miss is really going to push for him hard. Um, really talented running back out of Columbus High School in Miami. His deal sounds Schools like all- Ole Miss or Florida, right? That's what it sounds like? I think so, and I think it might be leaning a little, you know, maybe a maybe a – you know, fifty-one forty-nine towards Ole Miss right now because I think Florida might might be a little full. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. School's all-time leading rusher um, had probably one of the coolest uh, uh, senior years that you could have. Scored the winning touchdown for his team to win state. I think they went undefeated that year. I think it was the school's first title. You can't can't cap off a high school career better than that. Um, I mentioned D.R. McDonald earlier. I mean, are they going to bring him back in? I know that um, you and I have heard he's got some some stuff to deal with in the classroom right now because he was wanting to to graduate early, couldn't do that, so he's trying to get that short up. So um, another name, uh, Alan Horace, who's a tight end out of Texas, talked with him. He uh, told me that Joe John Finley and Jeff Levy were uh, recruiting him. They offered him um earlier this week so there are a lot of names out there that are popping up i menace uh i, I mentioned uh ennis Straw told me he hasn't been offered yet but blake gideon is recruiting him right now he's at a duncanville Te- texas that's a really good high school program um in this in the city of duncanville so definitely does not hurt that kiffin is is hiring a little bit heavy on the texas side in terms of his staff because i mean lord knows there's some good football in that state 
Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to tell you, uh, don't forget to visit collegecornerstore.com. Uh, you can make your order there. I visited the one in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. Really cool place. Uh, there's also a new location in Flowood as well in the Jackson area next to Half Shell. So uh, you don't want to get stuck in traffic uh, coming up for games and whatnot. You want to get your gear at collegecornerstore.com. They've got you covered for all your tailgate, home gate needs, longest selection, largest selection, I should say, of Rebel gear in the central Mississippi area. So College Corner Store. Dot com. You can also check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, I, 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 wrapping up, I anticipate kind of some more names to sort of trickle out over the next few days. I anticipate there being uh, a lot of grad transfer questions and grad transfer uh, possibilities that pop up over the course of the next week or so. And then uh, obviously throughout the spring and and then, man, I, th- I think uh, I think the last two and a half, three weeks of, of January and early February are going to be a little crazy because they've got, what, about 14, 15 spots to fill? I think so. Uh, I do believe that um, – I do think Chris Abrams' drain is going to move on. Um, I think he's uh, looking around, so I don't think he is going to be in the commitment column much longer. If he even is, I, I don't know if he – I don't think he is publicly if, decommitted, if, but if he is, yeah. I don't think he belongs in it. I think he's going to go elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, just if, if you want, uh, we had one of our guys at red cup rebellion, uh, do a deep dive into the transfer portal. He did a huge column on that. So just kind of running through the names, Quincy Roach is a defensive end from temple, Isaiah chambers from Houston, Javon Swan from Stanford, Michael Thompson, Oklahoma. There's a, ton of names out there in terms of uh, some 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 needs and you know looking at the the front seven and, and things like that i mean a, an intriguing name out there terrence davis not the raptors guard but uh a former offensive guard from uh from damatha uh one of one of those powers i was talking about in, in the dmv he signed with maryland back in 2016 he was a top 100 player um had a couple injuries and uh, he is now looking to transfer. So uh, if Ole Miss is looking for an offensive lineman, could be a good place to start. Um, Durkin was on that staff when they signed him, so could uh, could be somewhere to uh, circle back there. And then uh, a couple linebackers, Christian Bell from Wisconsin, he originally signed with Alabama, and then uh, Andrew Pritz, uh, another guy from Stanford. So I don't think they're going to go for a quarterback anymore. Um, I know some people were wanting to uh, discuss the uh, his name is escaping me now all of a sudden the Wake Forest quarterback that is now transferring. Um, I know that there were some people out there that were wondering if uh, Kiffin would go after him, uh, Jamie Newman. Um, he kind of shocks people when he said that he would leave. Um, but yeah, I, I was with you if Tua came back. I thought that Mac Jones was going to jump into the portal, and that would have really cranked up the uh, Mac Jones to Ole Miss rumors. Oh, the Mac Jones market was going to be insane. It would have been a, it would have been a chance for him to spurn Kentucky one more time, and uh, <laughs> to to go, to go to Ole Miss instead of Kentucky. You know, if you're him, you've got to know you're the starter next year, and they're bringing in what's his name, Bryce. Uh, 
Bryce Young, and he is a stud. He is a monster. You got to know that it's your job or else you got to transfer. Because if you watch the NFL enough and then you watch a guy like Mac Jones, Mac Jones could play in the league. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But he's got he's to go prove it. You know, talking about Alabama, and we're talking about who needs to stay, who needs to jump in the portal. You know who might need to jump in the portal? Who's that? It's Tua's little brother. Well, if you're not going to be the guy, you got to get out. I mean, we said that about Corral and about Plumlee and whatnot. It applies everywhere. If you're not going to be the quarterback, you, you, hey, your clock has already started. Yeah, you got to roll. I mean, it's worked out for Mac Jones, but damn, dude had to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hey, hey, what if Bryce. If you can make it. He could get. I was going to say, if you can make it count. Rest. Yeah. I mean, if you can wait your turn and make it count. I mean, look at look at Joe Burrow, man. That dude is about to get paid because he paid his dues, and by God, he made his one year count. Or I guess this is year two, but I mean, this is all that he needed this 2019 2020 season. Yeah, Burrow made it work. Uh, I mean, Jones has been there three years. I'm sure he's in line to graduate early. He's a real bright kid. I'm sure he's been doing all the intercessions in summer school and all the stuff that they all do. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's put him. Pretty sure he graduated. Yeah, it's. I think he had the. I think he had the patch on at the bowl game. Isn't that amazing? Graduated basically in three years, but he, yeah, he was an early enrollee. It'll be fun to watch. I I think he'll stay now. But he has yeah. to. He has to be thinking. I don't want to get Trevor Lawrence. Right. I'll I'll throw out one more name, and this is and this is a ridiculous pie in the sky. Don't even know if it's a real thing or not. But just 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 looking at connections with Kiffin and everybody else, and what's going on around the country, and with how quarterbacks. If you're not the guy, you got to get out. I would keep an eye, and I don't know if it's this year. It'll probably be next year, because if he if he's already done with school this year, then man, he did some he did some AP work in high school and really hit the books this year. I'd keep an eye on JT Daniels out at Southern Cal, five star, number four overall player in the country in the 2018 class. He gets hurt, and then Keaton Slovis just set the world on fire in Graham Harrell's offense. JT Daniels is going to have to battle to get that spot back. And if Keaton Slovis is the dude, he's not going to want to stay there. And West Coast guy, Lane Kiffin's the head coach. Who knows, man? Might go try to get him for one year. Oh, it it could certainly. There's going to be a lot of that to watch for uh, over the course of the next year or so depending on how that quarterback room plays out it's one of the it was always going to be a fascinating storyline within that program but now it it really is because they've switched systems nobody is aligned with anyone uh there's no reason for kiffin to be a Plumley guy or a corral guy or a tisdale guy he's Mm -hmm. he's uh he's not beholden to any of them he made them no promises on the recruiting trail He, he he can see what's up it, and, I, and he 
and he's going to have no qualms with hurting people's feelings. Oh no, no, I, not at all. And so I, it, it, that's that's going to be one of the real fascinating things to watch. All right, I know the uh, the little guy's probably about to get up, so uh, we'll let you go there. Appreciate your time here on the Soft Verbal Podcast. Don't forget deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Promo code Rebel Grove for 30% off. Spend $75 or more, and you get the really cool mesh bag. You'll never lose one of your dress socks. Again, for Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it. We'll be back next week with uh, what will probably be a, uh, a much more informative, because there will be more to talk about edition of the soft verbal podcast until then take care